0: And welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hello, and welcome to episode 524. No, 254. Oh my goodness, y'all. I'm sitting on the couch. It is Friday. Uh, Friday. uh oh, I'm just all a blur all 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 a tizzy. It is Friday, September 30th. Tomorrow's October 1st. We have a, a hurricane situation. Not not a desperate one, and in fact by the time that Ian makes it to us, I think we're talking tropical storm. Uh, and it shouldn't be too bad. You never know in my neighborhood, uh, there are a lot of trees and it's not unusual for some trees to come down, but we had a number of old trees come down, not, not on my property, but on other people's properties, uh, this, the spring. So the hope is that that is, um, that, the that, 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 the really weak trees have been cold and, um, we'll be okay. But I'm looking out the window at the wind and I know the wind is half of what it might be tomorrow. And that is just crazy. And if you are in Florida and got hit by Ian when it was still a category, so category four or five, it was huge. Uh, I hope you're okay. It was really devastating down there. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, so I'm really sorry. But um, it's been an interesting day. I am home alone, which doesn't always happen. Me and Trav, home alone. That used to be more of the norm, at least between nine to five um, or between nine and five because the boys would go to school and the man would go to work. And it was me and Trav here writing things and making things and, you know, sweeping up things. Oh, that reminds me, I need to mop the kitchen floor, but we're doing all that. And, uh, no one else was around, but COVID put an end to our, um, our alone time. <laughs> My me and Trav time. So, but this weekend, uh, Will's at college. He's in Clemson. Jack is still home for another month or two. Uh, it is his plan to move at the end of the year, which is, uh, just fine. I think it, I think it's time. I think he's ready, but he's, it's not horrible having him here at all. He's, he, he's not here that much. He works a lot. He's a bartender over in Chapel Hill at a swanky place. And, uh, he, has a funky hours and we don't see him that much. Um, but, but today he's gone to work and uh, his job is attached to a very nice inn. And uh, the innkeepers have told the people working tonight that they should plan to stay over because of the storm, which I think is quite nice. Uh, the man has gone down to Clemson where Will is in college. And for the big NC state Clemson game tomorrow, uh, they are not expecting to be hit by the hurricane. They are expecting a lot of rain. So the man bought a poncho at a target, a rain poncho, uh, and it's orange. And I just wish I could be there to see it. But that's really good that it's orange because those are the Clemson colors. So welcome to my quilting podcast, which I have not updated in a while. I had some uh, recordings, some some post recorded, and then my handy dandy uh, audio recorder, which I've had since and. I was going to say 2005, but I think it's more like 2002 or 2003. When was Will born? No, yeah. So anyway, a long, I've had a long, long time. Long, long time it died on me. Very sadly. It was really good. And whenever it was made, it was made at a time where they still make things a little more solidly. This thing that I'm holding now, I, it looks like a TV remote. And I've had to make a very special place to put it. Uh, I can't just leave it lying around. I'm afraid it'll accidentally get thrown out. It's a good enough recorder, but um, I mean, it's a very nice recorder. I think it's as good as the one I had, but the other one just felt more solid. The other one was like the size of a pack of cigarettes, you know, which is, and and you're you're probably not a former smoker. I am. It's been years and years and years. Uh, like 25 years since I smoked. Uh, I still miss it. It was so much fun, but that part of my life is way over. But there was something so satisfying about holding a full, uh, completely unopened pack of cigarettes in your hand. Just had a nice weight to it. And that was the weight of my little audio recorder that died. And I'm sad. And it did die with some files on it, which is also sad. Um, So here I am with a new one. And so let me tell you what I have. There's so much going on. It has been um, a really busy time. And I'm someone who prides myself on not being busy. I have tried to structure my life in such a way and that I'm very rarely busy. Uh, When you're a writer, you can only work so much per day, Um, especially for me working on a novel. It's like four hours is pretty much tops. Um, And that gives you a lot of time to do other things, whether it's make quilts or stare at the wall, walk your dog, whatever you're going to do. Um, but lately, um, in fact, when did this all start? Like in April, I've just, I've been doing so much writing. I am now a staff writer for Quilt Folk, uh, which amazes me, but, uh, I, I know one of the writers there, um, Meg Cox, and they were coming to North Carolina and they needed someone to do, um, an article. Um, and 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 Meg asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, "Sure," and I ended up doing three articles for that issue. And then um, the editor liked them, and she said, "You want you want to be a regular contributor?" And I said, "Sure." And it's been fun. I'm now on my third issue. And now, cult folks, they used to be very secretive, and there was a big reveal about what state the, the next issue was going to be about. But they've stopped that. If you follow them on Instagram, you know. So the the issue that's coming out, and that has been revealed, is South Dakota. That comes out tomorrow. And by the way, if you follow me on Instagram, I will uh, be posting coupons. I can't remember if it's ten percent off. I don't think it's twenty. I think it's ten. Um, on, on the issue, if you're interested, it should, I think it's going to be beautiful. I mean, every, every quilt folk magazine is beautiful. Um, the photographers are just amazing. And then I'm working on one now. Uh, the next one after that is Rhode Island, and um, so and I'm excited about that. I will have three articles in that in in the Rhode Island uh, issue two in South Dakota. So, so that has been hugely, enormously fun for me. Um, but it is really time consuming. And then I had an article in curated quilts. Um, I can't, a, a couple issues ago, uh, what was their, um, utility issue, which I love doing. Some of these gigs I'm getting because of my longtime involvement with the Quilt Alliance. And I'm really excited to say, that the Quilt Alliance is about to, in 2023, we're going to be rebooting the QSOS Oral History Project. And that's, QSOS Oral History Project was the reason that I got involved with the Quilt Alliance in the first place. And we're talking, um, I think in 2015. So um, so what is that, seven years ago? I feel like it might've been 2013. I'm not sure. But uh, whenever it was, it's been a while and I was Uh, I've been on the board for a long time now, just stepped off as board president uh, and being replaced by two people because, yes, that's right. It's taking two people to replace me. No, and two very great people, I think, uh, uh, Laura, um, hopper who is a wonderful writer she has written for all kinds of quilting publications and and is the social media manager and marketing person for suzy quilts uh and so she is going to be doing a quilt along that i'll talk about when that comes up like a block of a month thing i don't know if i should say that i don't know if that's secret don't tell and then the other co-president is is Brad Smith from Orophil, who's wonderful. So, uh, you know, those are two really good people, great people to lead the board. So I've stepped off. I'm still on the board, just not president, but uh, I am so excited about rebooting the, the QSOS project. And that that was my big thing as president. That was my mission was to get that going again. You know, the QSOS, so it's an oral history project in which uh, quilter stories are documented, these are long form interviews. And you can go to the Quilt Alliance website, to the QSOS archive, and more and more of the interviews are being transcribed, uh, which is just fantastic. There's over 1,200 interviews. It's it's the largest quilt-related oral history project um, in the world. It's also just one of the largest oral history projects of its kind, where one kind of person in this case quilters one group of people uh, you know, all the interviews are come from one particular community of people there is a veterans oral history project which is much larger um but the qsos project is, is one of the big projects it's archived at the library of congress so it's pretty cool but it's you know quilt alliance is very small scrappy organization i urge you to check it out and consider becoming a member um But only three people on the staff. And the QSOS project is a grassroots project. It means we train people to do the interviews. We don't do them ourselves, although I will be doing some because I I love oral history um, and just, um, you know, we'll love doing this and already have some people lined up. And when we reboot in 2023, we're going to be going into very specific communities to, to, teach people how to do the interviews, uh, and, w- and one of those communities is the Modern Quilt Guild, which I'm a member of, and very excited, Quilt, Quilt Con, just around the corner, I am going to enter a couple of quilts, actually, I think I have three quilts to enter, I wasn't going to, because I kind of have rejection fatigue, and then I was asked to speak at, um, a guild meeting, the Los Angeles Modern Quilt Guild meeting, uh, that's, that's happening tomorrow, I'm, I'm, Krista Watson, uh, my girl Krista Watson, and I are going to be speaking. I'm going to talk about sort of getting over one's apprehensions of uh, uh, entering QuiltCon and um, and and sort of the, the kind of fears we have around that, which I think are very real fears. and That's what we am going to talk about. And then Krista, who has experience as a judge and uh, uh, was a jurist for QuiltCon a couple of years ago uh, and was on um, a, a panel of people, a, a sort of a... What, what would you call it? I don't know. Um, I could spend a lot of time. I want to say, like, a she was, I, I don't know. Who knows? But a group of people uh, that came together with the modern quilkill to talk about, to come up with a a new protocol of judging so she knows a lot about this in fact I'm very excited to hear Krista talk we we chatted the other day in advance of our presentation just to get all our ducks in a row and she was telling me what she was going to talk about I was like oh I can't wait to hear that I think it's going to be so interesting but I thought if I'm going to submit quilts to this um I mean, if I'm going to make this presentation urging people to submit quilts to quilt con, I should probably do it. And, you know, once I decided to do that, I got kind of excited. I am in the process of quilting a quilt that I thought I was going to end up having to hand quilt. This is the one called Homefront that I started during COVID. Um, and it's a text quilt. And, um, but I found, I have came up with a way that I really liked. Um, for uh, machine quilting it. So I'm in the process of doing that. And I already have the binding, which I made two years ago. I would like some gold stars for that. Thank you very much. So I have the binding ready. Um, and I th- I'll i work on it some this weekend. Um, I'm pretty, it won't take long. It won't take long to finish it. And then I'm going to resubmit the quilt I submitted last year and got rejected because I really like it and I believe in it. And then uh, I made some panels for the curated quilts, had a mini quilt contest and I submitted some mini quilts. I mean, these were just like blocks. I mean, they were like, I, I think that the biggest, these entries could be, maybe 16 by 16 and mine, or maybe like 14 by 14, but I made three of them. And I, and it's all scrap, it's all like repurposed stuff like denim and shirts. Um, and I, I really like each of them. I thought I'm going to put them together into a triptych and enter that in the small quilts category. And, you know, it doesn't, I can't remember what the fees are to enter three quilts. It may be like 20 bucks, to enter three quilts. I don't know. Um, it's, it's fairly reasonable. Um, but it is, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have a goal, uh, and work towards something like that. And if you get rejected, you are just in such an amazing group of other rejects (laughs) that it makes it kind of fun. I love the quilt con reject movement as much as anything. And that's actually one of the things I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Um, so I won't talk about it here, but it was talking to Krista, uh, I guess on Wednesday that made me think I need to do an uh, off culture quilt episode, just, just for Krista, Krista, this is for you. Cause um, I know she listens to quilting um, podcasts and, and I know she's been a, a I don't know, a, uh, just a, a great supporter of this podcast for a long time. And she's like, you need to keep podcasting. So I thought, I will, I will. Um, Anyway, so I'm excited to be working on quilts. I finally finished the quilt for Will, the Clemson quilt. And this has not been a really very, uh, a quilty year. And part of it was that quilt because the back, you know, I always, almost always do a pieced back because I'm cheap. And, you know, and I also really love how pieced backs look but this one was kind of, this was hard. I had, you know, it's like, I had all these different pieces and kind of leftover purples and leftover Clemson fabric. And, um, you know, so I was kind of puzzling them together, but you know, my math skills just suck. and, I'm sorry, I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it anyway, because it's true, because I'm, I'm so bad at it, and so what would happen is I would get to work on it, and then I would have to go to something else, and particularly working on and having all these quilt folk articles to do all this other stuff that I was doing, and then I would come back to it, and I would have to reconfigure, or, or re, not reconfigure, but re, do my math over, right, and to some extent, it was a reconfiguration, just because I can't, I, I mean, I would make charts. I would, like I had a uh, graph paper and would draw pictures. Here's where each piece goes. But I, you know, you come back to something after a couple of weeks. And if you're me, at least, it, it's not quite that simple. So it took a long time, but I finally did it. Oh, and here's the amazing thing. I had it, I, I sent it out to a long armor. Um, and I'm so happy I did that. And I don't think, I well, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I'll ever do a big quilt again myself, but actually, so this long arm, she, she lives fairly close to me. Her name is Megan. Um, and if I think about it, I'll put her, um, uh, her Instagram handle or what have you in, in the show notes. I, I don't know if I'll remember to do that, but she's here in Durham. She just started earlier this year and, um, just did an, fantastic job um she um uh, in fact so this is a clemson tigers quilt and I, I brought it over to her and she walked me through i was so so nervous cuz i've never prepared a quilt for a long armor before and you know i, I and i'm just so huh, like when i do the back and and you know it's like, i was like i was like i was worried that that my the back wasn't big enough i mean it was obviously big enough for the quilt but I usually cut it so that it's two inches wider and longer than the quilt top. Um, although my friend Kristen told me later, it's like four inches is more standard. And now I'll do that from now on. Uh, fortunately, uh, the, there was, uh, the back was four inches wider and longer. So that worked. And, and then she's like, you know, uh, the quilt needed to be square and, you know, amazingly it was it was, I mean, I'm not used to being precise. There's a reason this podcast is called The Off Kilter Quilt. That kind of amazed me, but so, you know, and, and I haven't, I don't square up quilts. I remember when I took that class way back in the day, if you've been listening all these years, which at this point is 12, um, you know, you might recall that I, I took a quilt Class, a beginner's quilt class at the now defunct Thimble Pleasures in Chapel Hill. And it was wonderful. And we had a great teacher, Karen, and she taught us how to square up our quilt tops. Um, but I forgot how to do that. And I don't do that because I'm lazy. And, but amazingly, my, the quilt top, and this, is, it was, the quilt top was like, let's call it 80, it's like 84 by 78 inches. So it's fairly square quilt. Um, it was so, but big, right? And it was, I mean, when I say it was fairly, it, it was not just mostly reads more like a square than a rectangle, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But not only, so was it squared? It was square. Not only was it square, it was squared. Whatever. You work that out. You do that math. Um, so that was exciting. So I took it over and we talked about this possible quilting design. She had, I had sent her pictures and she had already thought about it. And then, Uh, you know, and, and I kind of said, you know, you do, you do, you do you, honey, you're the professional. And then she found, she did some special research just for me because her customer skills, service skills are amazing. And she found a quilting pattern that was a paw print. It could not have been more perfect. And the quilt, oh, it just was amazing. And it cost, I think, I can't remember like somewhere like around $140, she gave me some sort of discount, um, as, as, because as a first time customer and, oh my goodness, why haven't I been sending out my quilts to long arms? I, I mean, I actually enjoy machine quilting, but on these big quilts, it's a pain. And so I got back in touch with her a couple weeks ago and sent her pictures of the home front quilt. And she was like, you know, this is the kind of thing it really needs to be custom quilted. And I, I think she said she didn't do that kind of quilting. And then I looked up custom quilting and how much it cost in general. And it was going to just cost a huge amount. So I figured out a, a, a way to quilt it myself. But it made me very sad because I was like, I'll get Megan to quilt it. <laughs> and she, she very kindly said, no, I don't do that. Um, but I, I, am very excited now to know that anytime I have a big quilt, I will send it to Megan. And I just thought she was great. And, um, I do really want to remember, you can go, if you go to the off kilter quilt, my, my Instagram, I have her in my, um, link tree. So, um, so that was just such a positive experience for me. So, was, but anyway, this so Will's quilt. Just, it, it just hung over my head. Although once I finished it, I'm like, uh, I mean, I think it was the back and then the idea of quilting it. And so once I got the back done, I was like, all right. And then thought, I'm going to hire, I'm going to get someone to long arm it. Uh, then it was just like, wow, I should have finished this months ago. But Will really likes it. He's got it on his bed at school. Um, you know, and it's, it's to be, it's, a, it's, it's really nice. It's a really, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with it. it. You know, will it hold up? over multiple washes. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because Will's not going to put it through multiple washes. (laughs) I put it through one and it lasted. So I'm happy about that. Um, yeah. So, and I have cut out another quilt and it's a, it's a Susie quilts pattern. I really, you know, that's another thing. This is kind of weird for me. Um, but I'm, I have some quilts, some people I need to make quilts for, including Jack, including a couple of my writing group girls who both have graduated from high school and are in college. (laughs) And my intention was to give, uh, make them graduation quilts and I never did. And so I'd like to do that. And that's the kind of thing, to be honest, I just like, I started looking for patterns and I like Susie quilts a lot. I mentioned her earlier. I like her patterns very much. And so uh, and, and to be honest, I, uh, they're one of them that I really like, I can figure it out myself, but I just, I don't know. I feel, I, I, I don't know that that's quite unethical, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, I want to pay people for their work. That's like, you know, i, I doing the, the zine hands all around. I can't remember if I've talked about, I know I've talked about doing it. I don't know if I, if I talked about it before or after I got the first issue out. So now they've got two issues out, um, and working on the third one. And there's a young woman named Jessica Black who has written for each issue, uh, these nice essays. She, she's does a lot of writing for her own blog and, um, about quilts. And, uh, and I've really liked working with her and, um, you know, and, and she sensed and the stuff that she has sent is good, but it's like, I do some editing. We do some back and forth and, um, it's, a, and which I enjoy doing. And I know as a writer, I want editing. And that was the scary thing about the curated quilts article, which is about labeling quilts. Um, uh, you know, and, and, Working with editors of curated quilts in a lot of ways was good. They were very, you know, what was, I mean, in all ways in all of the ways was good, very professional, very prompt, what have you, but it you know it quickly became clear that they were not going to actually edit that they wanted the the article ready and I'm very fortunate in that I've got the man who is a great editor and um, because the the article really is also very quilt alliance focused you know I had uh, Amy and Emma who are who are on the staff there they they read it for me so I got really good feedback from people um, so I, I'm very pleased with the article it came out great but you know it. And, and and to be honest, same with the quilt folk is that uh, I'm I'm doing I've got to have my own editors. They do copy edit and actually do, and their copy editors at Quilt Folk are excellent. Um, they you know they pick up on things and 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 do some uh, sentence edit line uh, sentence level editing. More about you know making some things a little tighter, a little more concise. That was really good. But you know having the man having. Uh, my friend Kristen Esser and I want to talk about Kristen in just a second Um, you know I I'm I'm fortunate because I've got good editors already in my stable but um, you know I I think I've enjoyed again just have enjoyed working with with Jessica and I'm really pleased that she's contributing and there is another quilter um, named Jason and I'm sorry Jason because his uh, last name is eluding me, but he's written a couple of times. He's going to write a third article and he's up in the mountains of North Carolina. Um, and I'm going to find his name and his Instagram handle. Cause he's, he does these lovely morning reels. Um, and I just, I just love them and I've, I've never met him, but I kind of love him too. He just seems like the best guy. Um, anyway, so I would love to get to a point where I could pay them, even if it's not much, right. Even if it's it started out, starts out at like 50 bucks. A piece. I just, it would make me really happy um, because I want to pay people for their work. And so, with uh, then look at me because I'm going back, I'm circling around back to the Susie Quilts pattern. So, even though I could do it, you know, I I could figure out this stuff and uh, I could figure out the pattern myself, I want to pay her for the idea. I just feel like I should. Anyway, so, but and I'm really happy to have her patterns as a source because I really like them. They're very fresh and modern. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm happy to be quilting again you, uh, and, and <laughs> have that damn Clemson quilt off my back. Have that Clemson monkey off my back. I am happy about that. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, that feels really good. So it feels like a good time to kind of hop back on the podcast. All right. So I mentioned my friend, Kristen, and if you're listening to me, there's a really good chance you listen to Kristen who, um, podcasts, it's, uh, simple handmade every day, which is, a, a, I love, right. Just because, well, I mean, because she's my best friend, so there's that, um, but also, uh, cause I, would. Because I, uh, even though half the stuff, probably three quarters of the stuff that she talks about on her podcast, I, I already know. I still just like having her talking to me while I'm, you know, you know, just making dinner or what have you. We are starting a blog and I think we're going to launch it n- either next week or the week after. And it's called The Empty Nest Chronicles. Kristen and I have long discussed, and I'm sure I've talked about this here and I'm sure I've talked a lot about Kristen's podcast here, but it's just you know, my world is small, but anyway, uh, we have had many conversations over the years about how much we miss blogs, you know, and if you're like us, sometime around 2010, you might've been doing your own blog, but if you weren't, maybe you were reading what uh, blogs like quilting blogs and knitting blogs and what, what I think are very dismissively referred to as mommy blogs that I think of as domestic blogs. (laughs) because I'm so highfalutin. Um, you know, and like Soul Mama and Posey gets cozy, and Angry Chicken, and all these, and all these wonderful blogs, uh, most of which are either defunct or they have become just kind of Instagramy—more photos than 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 words. Well, I like words. I'm a big word fan. You might know that about me. And one of the things I realized—so I had a blog um, for ten years called. Um, left-handed housewife. And it didn't have a huge readership, but it was a nice little community, you know, sort of, it really was kind of like 10 people who read each other's blogs. And that was really nice. But the great thing is it ended up being like a diary. I keep a personal journal, but my personal journals are so stupid. Uh, My personal journal is just therapy. And I recently, so I, uh, I recently went through a few and I was just like, I write about the same thing over and over, And, you know, it's some of this, it it is interesting to go back and see some of the stuff that I was really anxious or stressed about, say 10 years ago, I'm not, and partly it's my children are grown, they're pretty much gone. Um, my, my life is, is quieter. It's a little more wide open. Obviously it's, it's a weird time in, um, in in our, in, in the world, I think. Um, but but a, a, a lot of ways uh, – uh, yeah, I, in some ways I think both be, because domestic life is much quieter right now um, and, and because I'm getting older, I just turned 58, which is not – you know, it's kind of – 58 I think is the high end of middle age. I don't think I'm in – Uh, Although for some reason, the other day I ordered groceries from the Harris Teeter and picked them up. I've been doing that a lot. Oh, I had COVID. Anyway, I've been doing that a lot because now the grocery store, if you order more than $35, there's no fee for pickup. So I do that and I ordered a bottle of wine. And when I looked at my receipt, you know, they have not just the the receipt, but also the order sheet and where they list, you know, if anything that from the order that wasn't uh, in stock. And then I noticed they gave me um, a senior discount. I was like, wow. And first of all, how would that, you know, they, they're not even seeing my face. And I do sometimes get asked uh, by 20 year old clerks. I really believe the reason they're asking me is because I look to them, ancient, I don't I think I look ancient. Maybe I do. I think I look older. I think COVID aged me and I only had it for three weeks and, and only two of the weeks were bad, but anyway, but, I, but I also think I, t- I leave a tip, um, when I pick up groceries and I noticed that the discount was right around like the tips. So I'm like, well, maybe they know like Mrs. Dow leaves a tip, leaves a $5 tip. So we're going to give her $5 off. I I don't know or maybe they're just like, yeah, that's that old lady who comes and buys wine. I don't know why I got a senior discount, but I don't think 58 is particularly uh senior um but it is awfully close to 60, which is awfully close to 65. But 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 my point is and I do have one, I think getting older. Oh, just my journals, I think are much more interesting now because I'm really grappling with ideas and not so much about the fact that my children, um, are picky eaters. Right. And so that, yeah, so there's a lot in there, but Kristen and I, you know, of course, have, so we've been talking about blogs. Oh, and yes. Okay. Why was I reading my journals? Cause actually I have been going, I, am going to, I am copying and pasting the, uh, uh the left-handed housewife posts, onto a big doc that I'm going to have made into a book just for, for me and the man. And um, because it really does chronicle 10 years of our life, 10 very active years. When I st- started it, Jack was in third grade and Will was just finishing up preschool, right? So when I finished it, Jack was, uh, Jack, when, I, when I stopped posting, Jack was already in college. And it's it's just been fascinating to read because there's a lot of stuff I kind of forgotten. There's tons of stuff I remember, but just little bitty things like oh, I forgot that time, like when I uh, I got Jack a bookshelf at Lowe's and put it set it up in his room. And he filled it up with books, and then he asked for a coaster because part of his bedtime routine was to bring up a glass of water and read and drink his water before he went to bed. Um, and he wanted a coaster for it because he had a new bookshelf, which I just thought was the sweetest thing. But I had forgotten about it when I read it. I remembered it, right? I, rem- I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that," and just you know, that was so Jack, right? And and um, and, I, and and but reading these blog posts as I'm copying over and I think there's probably some service that I could just say, would you take all of these? but I want to do it and make it into a book, but I, I'm kind of enjoying going through it myself, although it's taking forever. I'm like, this is like something I've been doing for a couple of years now. Um, I mean 10 years I've, at this point, it's already like a hundred pages and I've done two years so it's gonna be huge. Um, anyway, but what I'm realizing is how much more, of the story that stories tell than pictures. And I know like a picture is worth a thousand words. I don't think that's true. I really don't. I mean, and we have become, you know, we are a culture now. We're very image-based. I mean, not just by which I mean uh, we as, and it's sort of an amazing thing, right? We've got these smartphones that have really good cameras. If you're like me, you remember the, the cameras, you know, that you use the pocket camera and the disc camera, and none of them took good pictures, right? This smartphone camera takes amazing pictures and you can edit them and put filters on them. It's incredible. Um, and I love photographs and the man is an amazing photographer. He uses real cameras, but you know, but, but what happened to the, the blogs for the most part is Instagram killed them, you know, because it's so much, because people started carrying around these smartphones that I, I, I came out in like in 2007, 2008. Um, and Instagram came along, I think in 2010, I looked this all up recently and you know, and it's so much easier to post a picture and write a caption. And I love Instagram. It's the only social media that I do love. And mostly, I love it because I only follow quilters and art and, and some artists, um, and occasionally, and a few people are just very funny. But you know, so the the mommy influencers, see all these like, I, I, don't, I mean, that's a whole different topic, mommy blog, mommy influencer. But, um, anyway, so I, I don't find Instagram to be problematic. I, I you know, I, I do worry for the young people. I don't know how many young people are truly on Instagram. I know some young, young people are, well, actually a lot of people, young people I know are, but I think social media is pernicious in general, but quilter Instagram is nice. But, but, but those photographs, like even my own, like, uh, you know, I, I have pictures and I generally remember, and it's, an, it's a very nice way to document my quilts, at least document photos of my quilts. But if I don't write down the story behind it, you know, I might know, yeah, that's the quilt I made, you know, Rick in 2012. But I don't know, you know, that, and I remember that. And there are a few things I remember about why I made it for him and various things. And of course, some of it, I, I you know, I probably should transcribe this podcast too, because that, that's going to have a lot of information. I now actually have a a transcription service called Otter, which is, uh, fairly good, but also fairly laughable. I should try that. That would be an interesting thing to do too. Sorry, I'm just going off on my own thing. But, um, but reading these blog posts, there's so much stuff again that, that I would have forgotten if I hadn't written down. There's just a way that language carries memory and, and well, the, the you know, that words, that sentences, that written documentation carry so much more memory than, than photographs do. Now, uh, we all have photos in our collections that are hugely memorable. So I'm just saying this as in, in a larger way. Um, so uh, it, it made me sad when a lot of people stopped blogging. And hop and hopped to Instagram as much as I like Instagram. So and, and so this summer, Chris and I started talking. What if we do our own, do a blog? What if we start blogging again? And I kind of feel that people that there may be a bit of a blog renaissance going on. Um, I have that sense. I'm, I could be wrong about that, but I think so. So um, yeah, so it's going to uh, be called the Empty Nest Chronicles. And I'll tell you more about it when it's published and I'll put stuff on Instagram and all over the place. So if you follow me anywhere, it'll be there. Um, but we're just, we're going to talk about life after that, that intense two, two and a half decades of having a, a house full of children having that empty nest and what it's like and what it's like getting older and what it's like when your face starts disappearing. I now understand why Prue wears those wildly colored glasses on the great British baking show, because otherwise you have no face. Your fa- What happens to our fa- They just kind of start disappearing. And like Nora Ephron, I feel bad about my neck and I'd like to discuss that. And I don't think there's anything you can do it. Although, um, uh, there's some face yoga. That's the only thing I'd like creams and stuff. I was just like, no, that's it. You know? And to be honest, I may try a little neck yoga because I do feel bad about my neck. And, uh, over the last two years, I've lost 30 pounds very slowly. You cannot lose the weight any it's, it's any slower than I have lost it. But, um, but nonetheless, you know, and so now I, I, f- I can't decide, I think in some ways it's made the next situation better, but it hasn't, you know, it hasn't really changed at all that much. And part of me is like, you just have to accept this is your neck. I'm, I have a short neck. I have like a, like one of the shortest necks in captivity. I barely have a neck. Um, my head is really basically on my shoulders. Um, you know, but it's like at some point, it's like you can do the cream. No, I'm not doing creams because that's just a waste of money. Um, creams and serums. Don't, yeah. But, but, uh, I, I'll try some neck yoga. But nonetheless, the fact is... Is there's nothing that I can do that's going to make me look 35, nor do I want to be in the mindset where I feel like that's what I want. I mean, it's weird because I've always looked young for my age, which when I was 15 was not fun. When I was 25, it wasn't that fun. When I was 40, that was fun. Uh, You know, but now I'm 58 and I I pretty much, I think, look like uh, at least a certain segment of 58-year-old women who look like me. Um, <laughs> you know, and I will not be looking any younger. And in fact, I want to actually enjoy this. Like you look great. I mean, I look okay, but you know, um, and, and cause, cause yeah. And I actually would like to kind of embrace this and celebrate it. And, and kind of deal, you know, kind of avoid our, the toxic culture that's around women and aging. And so, and, and so, you know, so I think Kristen and I are going to talk about all that stuff. Um, and, you know, homemaking without kids, which so far is so much more fun, uh, you know, and it's like, and do I miss my children? I have dreams about them when they were young, you know, and, and, uh, but it was hard. It's hard. And, uh, I, I love seeing my children. How about that? I really love seeing them. And, and it, you know, and Jack is still here, but I don't see him that much. Um, and, and when, you know, Will was here this summer and, and I liked seeing him and it was fun having him around, except that he's a 20 year old man, you know, and, and I think that he probably needs to be off. In the Peace Corps somewhere, uh, I think all twenty-year-olds should probably be off in the Peace Corps somewhere. Um, but certainly the the, the young men, they just send them off to Peace Corps, not to war. Don't want to send them to war. Let's send them off into some amazing volunteer work um, far away from us. But uh, yes, so I'm very happy to see my children. <laughs> That's a little different than cooking for them and make you know making sure they got up in time for school and all that stuff. So it's it's a I know for it, it's a mixed bag a little bit. But uh, And for some people, it's very, very hard. Of course, you know, at this point, um, you know, it will start at college last year. Jack started college in 2017. So it, I think it's harder for people when it's your first kid. I was surprised, um, you know, that that it, that it was harder with Jack than I thought it would be. And Jack is a very quiet presence in our house. And also, you know, senior year was gone all the time. So... Um, anyway, all right, so I have talked a long time and I actually, another reason why I wanted to do this is because I am giving this talk for, uh, with the presentation with Krista tomorrow and, um, and people may come over to the podcast. And so, Hey, if you're here from the Los Angeles Modern Quilt Guild, I'm glad you came. I'm sure I loved talking to you, um, on Saturday. I'm sure that was a great experience. I hope it was for you. In a couple weeks, I am doing a session for the Modern Quilt Guild fall sessions, Um, And talking about, actually talking about the QSOS project and why I think documenting quilt stories um, is important, you know. And so many people don't label their quilts, don't tell their quilt stories because they don't think they're important, but they are. And and I'm going to talk about why I think that is. And um, it's a whole bunch of different reasons. So if you are in the Modern Quilt Guild, come and sign up. You have to be in the Modern Quilt Guild uh, to register for, for the fall sessions but um, if you've been thinking, you know, I've been thinking about joining the Modern Quilt Guild, um, please do. And let me know if you're going to QuiltCon in February, because I will be there. In fact, staying with my girls, Krista, Patty at Elm Street Quilts, and Quilt and Jenny. Oh, this is going to be a time. This is going to be a time. And in I'm, and fact, I'm very fortunate. My brother, my older brother lives in Atlanta, and he lives uh, fairly close to, we, we've got an Airbnb Um, and he is, his house is about a 10 minute drive away, which is fabulous. So I think I'm going to drive down, stay at his house, um, the night before QuiltCon starts and then probably stay at his house at least one day, maybe two in order to recover from QuiltCon because it's going to be big. I'm going to be there. Um, I would love to see you. So let me know. And we'll talk more about this as we get closer to the date and, um, Uh, And you can always look for me at the the Quilt Alliance booth because I will be spending a lot of time there. So I hope you're doing okay. I hope if you've been in the hurricane's path that you are fine and your stuff is good and your house didn't get hit. And, um, you know, um, thank you for listening. I have not been a, a loyal podcaster. And, I, you know, I like to think I will be now that I'm quilting more and kind of back in it. But, you know, who knows? Life is funny, but you know what else? Life is short, so quilt first. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Frances. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.